It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Want to start things off, Chris? Thanks for a little flexibility this week. Normally you do Mondays. Thanks for being uh, willing to join us on Tuesday. Appreciate it. No problem, guys. Hey, we're uh, we're talking about the Jazz, and they've won five consecutive games, and they haven't been perfectly played, but, you know, they're a hot team. They just beat the Nuggets, and uh, Gordon uh, just posed the question if, if this feels like it's clicking or feels like it's a little fluky. Do you want to weigh in on that? Well, I, I don't think those two things are mutually exclusive. I mean, we there is an element of flukiness to some of the numbers. That's not specific necessarily to the Jazz, kind of league-wide, especially some of the offensive numbers. Um, I I don't know what Mike Conley is shooting from three, but it's a big number, right? And, you know, there's a handful of other guys on that team that are shooting well above their career averages. Those are invariably going to come back down to earth. But one of the things we've talked about with this group is that in order for them to contend for a top three or four spot in the Western Conference – there had to be improvements organically. And I think we're seeing that with this team. You're seeing Donovan Mitchell uh, take some some steps forward. You know, Royce O'Neal is shooting well. Mike Conley, as we talked about last week, is you know looks more like the Mike Conley that we saw, you know, in the months before the stoppage. So I think that, you know, there's no reason to believe that the organic growth, Jordan Clarkson, a guy that, I, as we've said, I've picked for – Sixth man of the year has been everything you could ask for and more with this team. So I think those things are sustainable. Are they sustainable at the level they're they're at right now? Probably not. But as the Jazz come back down to earth and the defense kind of catches up with the offense across the league, so aren't all these other teams. I mean, I'm, I'm watching Paul George play right now, and he's shooting like 50% from the floor and 50% from three. I mean, these are just – there are some wacky numbers across the league that simply aren't going to hold up. Chris, those two guys that you mentioned there, Mike Conley and Jordan Clarkson, it seems real to us as we've watched it because there's a comfort factor in play here. Last year, Mike Conley did not perform the way we all expected him to. And this year, he is exactly what we expected him to be. And you can see it in his body language. You can see it in the way he moves on the court. Same thing. Jordan Clarkson knows how valuable he is to this team and how important he is to the team. And it just seems like they're in a very authentic way they're, they're, they're rising to the occasion. Yeah, it's really no surprise that Mike Conley – is playing at this level. It, it just, you know, I, I think if this had been, if there had been a complete season last year, you would have had a surge from Mike Conley in the playoffs, a continuation of building on of what you saw uh, for most of the last month or so, two months of the, the regular season. This is, he's still a high level player who has figured out exactly what is at being asked of him in this jazz Quinn Snyder system. Uh, Clarkson just found the right role. I mean, he, he is the jazz bench. Like, you know, there are other guys, you know, adding to the equation a little bit, but you can see when you watch these games that, you know, I don't want to say ball movement stops when Clarkson's on the floor with the second unit, but he's given a lot of license to go out there and, and make plays on his own. That's what he does. He's kind of a Lou Williams, uh, Jamal Crawford, you know, get a bucket when you need it kind of player. I mean, in this capacity, I think he can play – 
at a sixth man of the year level all season long. So, yeah, I think both those things are, are very real for the Jazz. Chris, I'm sure uh, you know you get to talk about the Nets a lot because they're just such a giant story. And I'm I'm a little hesitant to ask uh, uh, about this after so few games. But again, it's such a big story. But what do you think about uh, about Kevin Durant and James Harden so far playing with each other? I mean, offensively, they they can be the most dangerous team in the league, and and it might not be close as far as offensive uh, dynamicism, for lack of a better phrase. I mean, he, he, they. They can just throw just so many different, you know, lineups, different sets at you and can just beat you in so many different ways. I mean, you knew Harden was not the player that kind of sleepwalked through the first, you know, couple of weeks of the season with Houston. Durant's been great all season long. Um, You know, they're dangerous. Now, the two things that can derail the Nets are, one, you know, Kyrie Irving kind of sulking his way through – through the season, and you know, Kyrie had a press availability today. I, I, sometimes I don't know what he's saying. Like you know, you transcribe his, his words, and I don't know what they are, what they mean in sentences. But it, it wasn't exactly the most enthusiastic press avail, and you do have to wonder, you know, just how motivated is he to, to sacrifice to make all this work and and to win? Because if these guys are all motivated and these guys are all you know committed to the pursuit of a championship. I don't know. I, I, first of all, I don't know any team in the East that can beat them. And you know, the Lakers, Clippers, whoever comes out of the West will have a tough time with them as well. The other aspect to it all is defense. I mean, they don't, they don't really defend anybody right now. I'm watching DeAndre Jordan on Monday, you know, chase around Giannis in the perimeter. I'm like, that, that's not sustainable. They've got to figure that one out. Um, but, you know, look, they, they can get by with being a mediocre defensive team because they're so, you know, ridiculously good offensively. So, you know, there are a couple things worth watching, but – you know, the Harden-Durant pairing, it just looks like they're picking up right where they left off in Oklahoma City from a couple of years back, or maybe a long time back. Chris, did you expect the Lakers to get off to the kind of start they are as far as, uh, you know, did you think there would be a little lull after winning the championship? I mean, they're 8-2 and two over their last 10, even though they lost their last game. I did think there would be some scuffles along the way, largely because I wasn't sure coming in, just how invested in the early part of the season all the Lakers would be, uh, specifically LeBron. Would they try to ease him along over that first month to give him more of a rest? But he's been, you know, he's, I think he's playing a, a, not maybe not career low in minutes, but a real low number in minutes per game, which is great for the Lakers. But he's still playing, uh, what, every single game and, and, you know, going out there and giving his best effort when he's out there on the floor. And, you know, you can see the chemistry with that first unit is the same as it was last year. Dennis Schroeder's been exactly what they could have asked for and more. Um, you know, they've just got it on cruise control right now. They're, they're, they're really good. They know they're good, and they don't have some of the chemistry issues that other teams, uh, especially in that conference, are, are working through right now. So, um, you know, I expect them to be this good, I guess, is a, long, is a short way of putting it. I didn't expect them to be this good this quickly. The Pelicans are in town to take on the Jazz tonight. Chris, give us your, your take on them. Zion Williamson off to a good start, but uh, not a terrific record coming in. No, they, they've had some bumps along the road, uh, that's for sure. Uh, losing Drew Holiday, you know, will do that to you. I mean, Holiday was a big part of what they did in terms of team defense, uh, extra ball handler. Uh, Bledsoe, when he's played, has been up and down, as, as he often is. Um, you know, Brandon Ingram is great. I think he's, you know, another guy that's that's just an automatic bucket, you know, when he has the ball in his hands and he gets going. That's the priority if you're Utah, slowing him down 
right away. Zion gets all the headlines, and Brandon Ingram is just such a, a dynamic uh, offensive player. Uh, you know, they, they've, they've got to figure some chemistry out. Again, a new coach with that team in Stan Van Gundy. He's got a new system he's trying to implement. I, I think they'll eventually get there because, you know, they do have some, some real good talent, especially at the top. But don't underestimate the loss of Holiday with that group. He was such a big part of the fabric of that team for so many years. Uh, losing him, I think, has cost them on both ends of the floor. The Clippers, Chris, uh, you mentioned, uh, they seem, speaking of chemistry, they, I mean, they seem to be smoothing things out a little bit. They won four in a row. Yeah, I mean, and they're talking about improved chemistry, which is, you know, really like a, a double bird to Montrez Harrell if, if, you know, if, you're, if you're trying to analyze it in any way. I mean, that's the, the main guy taken off that team uh, from last year. Um, it, look, it's fine with the Clippers, but, you know, somebody wake me up in April or May. Like, you know, that's a team that I can, you know, I can get on board with, with being another really good regular season team, but you're going to have to show me how they respond when somebody punches them in the mouth. I mean, they still don't have top-tier guys who have been real leaders in the past. I mean, Paul George has been a very good to great player on a number of different teams, but never really been a leader on any of them. Same thing with Kawhi Leonard. As great as he is, it was Tim Duncan in San Antonio, Kyle Lowry in Toronto. He's never had to sort of seize that leadership role and and, and do something with it in turbulent times. They, look, they – they may be as good as advertised. I think Serge Ibaka is a better fit for that team than Montrez Harrell is. I think Reggie Jackson's been a nice nice boost for them this year. They've done some nice things with that, that group, but nothing can be learned about the Clippers until they go through either some early struggles during this season or when you get to the playoffs, you know, they get behind 2-1 in a series. How do they respond in those situations? Uh, historically and recently, they have not responded well. So I'm, I'm going to reserve judgment until I see – you know, how the Clippers react to that. Is there a trend or a storyline that has surprised you in this young season? Uh, I don't know if it's a trend other than what we were talking about earlier, offenses just exploding and, you know, the, certainly the uncertainty of how who's going to be available any given night because of COVID has a lot of coaches anxious every time they wake up in the morning. But, you know, it's, it, a lot of it is what I thought I was going to see in the bubble. In the bubble, I thought the offenses would be way ahead of defenses, and it didn't really turn out to be the case in that respect. Now you're, you're really seeing that. I mean, you're seeing some video game-like numbers being posted across the league, and that's eventually going to come back down as, as the season progresses. But that's kind of the only thing I'm, I've been eyeballing early on in terms of trends. Chris, a team you've uh, studied uh, fairly closely uh, this season and all the other seasons, the Celtics. Is this the best shot the Celtics have had in a while? Is this team for real? Do you think they're going to continue on? Well, I think they have the talent to do it. Um, I think Tristan Thompson is just what the doctor ordered for that front court. You know, a burly guy that can bang with the Joel Embiid's and, and the other bigs in the conference and you know, we talked about organic growth of the Jazz. That's what you're seeing with the Celtics. I mean, Jason Tatum, I think, is going to be an MVP candidate this year. Jalen Brown, I think, will be an all-star this year. This is just natural development for two guys still in their early 20s. Um, and that's, that, that's, not a, that's not a fluke by any stretch of the imagination. It just, you know, the Celtics, you really can't, you can't make any predictions on them until you know what Kemba Walker is. You know, if, if Kemba is like 80 85% 
of the player we've seen in recent years, they can get to the finals and they may be able to win a championship with that type of offensive firepower. But, you know, Jeff Teague is there. They've gotten some good play out of their rookie, Peyton Pritchard. Um, they've got some, you know, Marcus Smart obviously is an excellent defensive player, but they need Kemba Walker to be that third scoring option for them to be successful. If, and if that knee is balky, and look, he, he's saying all the right things now. He said that, you know, you know, the knee feels better than it's felt in years. You know, it's in the bubble. I was worried about the knee all the time. Now I'm not. Uh, if that holds up, you know, the Celtics have a great chance to, to win the conference. If it's in and out of the lineup and problematic for Kemba, then I, I don't know. There's still, there's still too many really good teams led by Brooklyn that can knock them off. Thank you very much, Chris. We always appreciate you dropping by. You got it, guys. All right, there you go. Our good friend Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated jumps on with us usually on Mondays, uh, but uh, jumped on with us on uh, Tuesday. We were uh, we were off yesterday, which uh, which was nice. So thanks to Chris for for coming on with us. What do you think about Brooklyn, Gordon? We've seen uh, Harden and Durant together now for what is it three games, and I mean they're Chris is right. They're scoring a ton of points. Yeah. I, I agree with what Chris said. Uh, how, how difficult is it going to be to slow that team down with the offensive end? Yeah, it's going to be really hard. But, you know, he mentioned the defense, too, and it's really bad. What so, do you make of the way Harden is uh, shaping himself there? Uh, are you making a, a comment about his weight? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm Strange how, how it appears like he was wearing four warm-up suits in, in Houston. <laughs> Have you ever seen that, that episode of The Office where, where Michael wears the, the sumo suit in or whatever? You know, <laughs> is, is that what James Harden was doing? It had to be. I mean, not that he looks, uh, I mean, any different Doesn't than usual. Doesn't look like an Adonis right. now, but uh, yeah. he looks less Michelin. But that, that one <laughs> infamous picture in Houston of him warming up and him waddling to the back of the layup line. <laughs> there, I'm not, I don't care what anyone tells me. I am fully in on the conspiracy, at least for that one night, that he was, was uh, he had been told by his agent, look really, really terrible. I absolutely agree. And not just that one night, but all the shenanigans. Yeah. Like, get, you know, are they really Instagramming that stuff out? I, I accidentally did that. no. No, it's his agent was like, dude, create as much chaos as you can, and and make them trade you. Yep, and it worked. It did work. You're you're telling me that you think he was trying to look as overweight as possible. Yes. What was he like loading? Uh, like they have towels under yeah, his he, uniform. He took some rolled up towels off the massage table. Yeah, I don't know what he did. I don't know if he's allergic to bees and accidentally got stung, or or intentionally purpose. got stung. Uh, I don't know. But that he looked like Martin Short in that movie, uh, uh, Pure Luck, he did. with Danny Glover. Yeah, if you've ever gets, seen yeah. that, yeah. He had he had like <laughs> chewed bubble gum in his beard. He was a mess. Uh. <laughs> Now all of a sudden it's, oh, yeah, I'm good to go. I'm going to go pour in 35. He's got a six-pack again. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that, How do you that do that? Diet there, really works. Is there a bodysuit? Something you can wear? Like, is that what they do in Hollywood? Is there something you can put on to make you look like you're... Uh, That's what it, I'm saying. Honestly, suit. It, well, it looked like a, a wrestler trying to make weight. You put on three suits, and you run around in the warm-up, and you lose a pound or two, and you make weight. That's what he was looking like. <laughs> it is pretty, like, oh, contrasting the, the, the two. It's interesting. But, yeah, I, t- well, I full-on believe that his agent encouraged him to, uh, to, to be chaotic. That's just – there's just something that's hard to – 
Uh, That's pathetic if that's the case. Don't hate the player. I I know he got what he wanted. He got what he wanted. I get it. But that that, that, that just doesn't sit right. But see, Houston benefits from sitting on him, right? Because then his value goes up and they just wanted him to, hey, just show up and do your job. You know, he wanted to take back some of that leverage. You may not like his method, but I don't think he's the first. So is James Harden in in uh, communique with uh, uh, Mike D'Antoni essentially saying, uh, look, I'm going to make this look really bad, so don't believe it. You know, when I go out there and I look like a sumo wrestler, it's, it's, it's all part of the part of it. So don't don't let that affect, uh, you know, the way you think about me. You know, I don't know, Gordon, but it is a small world. That basketball community. <laughs> Cell phones reach from Houston yeah, to Brooklyn. Strangely <laughs> enough, you don't have to have the, the tin can and the, the string anymore. You don't hop All on right. AOL Messenger either. I just, uh, I don't know. It's just the, the, the lengths the, the lengths people go to, or shall I say wits, to, uh, to get their way. Hey, when there's that kind of dough on the line, I guess, or, or whatever, you know, you, you flex the muscle you got. Uh, all right, more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.